0: Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder
2: Heist. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author of Black Stoneheart.
1: (laughs) I'm Dirk Ashton, author of the Paternus Trilogy.
3: And I'm Rob J. Hayes, uh, author of Porn's Gambit, which may or may not be released when this comes out.
2: Sorry, I'm not sure (laughs) if it's the English accent, but was that Porn's Gambit?
3: Yeah, porn, you know, as in... So okay. Yeah, no, prawns.
1: Prawns, oh, so, You know what about porn Schrenz. is,
3: Fletcher. I've seen the videos.
1: <laughs> porn is pretty popular at the
0: moment with uh, Queen's Gambit having hit the uh, the big time on Netflix. But um, no, that should be coming out on... Is it out on the 26th of January? That's out
3: on the 26th, yeah. So I have yeah, so no that, idea when
0: this podcast is going to be released. This podcast will come out, I think, on the 18th. So it'll come out about eight days from when this episode first releases. Um, okay. Yeah, very excited for that as well. So today's episode is all gonna be about the uh, grimdark genre. So this is something that I think we're pretty well qualified to talk about having Michael L. Fletcher in the room, who is widely regarded as a fairly grimdarkish author within the circles. Uh, Mike, do you wanna kick us off by sort of defining, well, describing how you define grimdark? <laughs> the hardest oh, part of the entire thing, oh, define fuck. grimdark. <laughs> okay, throw me <laughs> into the fire, easy
2: okay. Question. So, the, the funny thing is I, I don't write grimdark. I just write gr- uh, dark fantasy, which everybody then calls grimdark, which I guess makes it grimdark. Um, I, I don't actually know what grimdark is. Um, so how about uh, what I write is dark fantasy. Uh, I don't pull punches on descriptions. My goal is to put the reader in the book. I want you to see, smell, hear, taste, all of the terrible shit that's going on. Um, and I guess maybe that's what makes it Grimdark. A lot of people will say, like, oh, gray morality, gray characters, there's no good guys kind of stuff. But I I to me that's horse shit. Um, there's there's still morality. Uh there are everyone is kind of, at least in my stuff, tends to be the good guy in their story. Everyone's trying to do what they think is right. It's just, I mean, look at the real world, right? You, you can have people on either side trying to do the right thing and absolutely clashing and hating each other and, you know, throwing words like fascist or communist at people who are neither. Um, so maybe there's that makes there's a touch of realism in there as well. I, I don't know. So I don't know what Grimdark is. <laughs> Very philosophical
0: there, I mean, way they, to
1: stop they the use there, yeah. there are like criteria, you know more realistic uh, and uh, explanation and description of violence, uh, gore, um, darker side of human uh, personalities. Um, uh, Overall, people say it's overall more nihilistic. Um, uh, You don't have any uh, you know, there're a lot more shades. It, everybody falls in shades of gray. You don't have like true, really lovely good people or true, just plain evil bad people. Um, uh, that uh, that the stories um, don't um, end on a happy or hopeful note. Um, but uh, I've found that a lot of the things that I read that are that are classified as grimdark. Um, Including um, uh, a book I won't name, called "Beyond Redemption" by um, some guy, uh, 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 an author I I, I've never met, called Michael R. Fletcher, that has a surprisingly kind of hopeful and fun ending. Um, You know, uh, Joe Abercrombie subverts narrative norms in kind of how he you know like how he ended the uh, uh a lot there was a lot of people screamed and yelled about how he he ended the first law trilogy right that um uh, that really launched him and uh and you know game of thrones gets into all the kinds of nastiness that humans that humans do i mean I, it might help to you know, Abercrombie, uh, George R. R. Martin um, are kind of considered the elite of the grim dark genre. Um, does that make sense yep. um, to you guys? Uh, yes, definitely. And uh, uh, I mean, I never considered that I wrote in the grim dark genre, but i um, consistently see reviews of characters saying that there are a lot of grim dark elements in my books. But um, uh, overall, I, I wouldn't say that they are grim dark. Now, Rob is also known for doing some grim dark work. Rob?
3: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Fletcher. I don't think I write grim dark. I would certainly never classify any of my work specifically as grimdark
1: um you don't set out to write grimdark
2: well no i mean I no, one, like my, uh, no one does
1: <laughs>
3: yeah my my debut trilogy and like the, the whole first earth saga is quite often considered grimdark because it's full of um it's full of morally gray characters who you know like one of the main characters is is a murderer who um generally does things for himself. He's quite selfish, and all that, all that. but I, I, I never considered Grimdark because I, I don't consider him to be, or any of those characters to be just like evil. They are, they're just facets of humanity. And I, I think for me, that's kind of what Grimdark is. It's, it's a way of expressing certain aspects of humanity in ways that will contrast them to make them stand out. So mm-hmm. You know, like I, I might have one of my characters who is another utter arsehole, uh, you know, happy to, to murder people, pillage, that sort of thing. But then he may have uh some traits which brings out the humanity and something like loyalty, and it might be so strong that it that amidst all the darkness that trait shines through. And for me, that's kind of what I think Grimdark might possibly be. It's it's the idea that the 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 shining light of humanity shines brighter when surrounded by all the shit that humanity also conjures up around it. Um, Love that definition. Uh, but to be honest, I don't really think
2: Grimdark exists because of this exact conversation. Yeah. yeah uh, every, stuff that was written 30, 40 years ago is now getting sort of like relabeled Grimdark, like Stormbringer, Grimdark. It's like no it's dark fantasy it was dark fantasy when it came out it's still dark fantasy now mm-hmm. it hasn't suddenly become grimdark it hasn't changed thomas it is thomas it
1: covenant yeah
2: thomas covenant not grimdark yeah. you know i i don't know. the only thing uh i think the best argument for grimdark i heard uh when trying to explain to someone that i didn't read grimdark uh was he said dude your books are grim and dark <laughs> <laughs> they often take place at night. i was like <laughs> yeah okay got me Literal <laughs> translation, acquired. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I mean, you I, did I, write for Warhammer, right? And that is like, isn't that where the the origin of the term came came from? Yeah, yeah,
2: mm. yeah. But I it,
3: think, was, um, it was basically co-opted by um, Joe Bacrombie who used it as a um, a joke, basically, didn't he? Um, Twitter handle. He's, he's, at he Lord is Lord
1: Grimdark. Lord Lord Grimdark on Twitter. Yeah. I forgot to mention Mark Lawrence. He's he's right yeah. up there with his Prince but, of. I don't Thor think him. it was
3: ever intended to be a new a new genre. It was just sort of yeah taken. Uh, I th- I think mostly by the the fans, um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. readers who wanted to to yeah. have a new genre named, but nobody seems to be able to define what it actually is in any <laughs> realistic
1: sense. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of discussions on it, and it's 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 difficult to uh, to define. Um, yeah,
3: it's ten different people, what it is, and you got yeah. ten different answers.
1: Yeah, and uh, think, um... you know, it just it serves it serves the same purpose that all genre names serve, right? Um, there, it it helps people decide if this is something they want to read. Uh, if they like it, they want to look for other things that are similar. And without that label, it would be very difficult to find other books that, uh, that are similar, right? So the label does serve a purpose, uh, I think, uh, that, that, that does help, help readers, and that in turn helps authors um, move more books and helps with you know, um, they taught you talk about brand identity, somebody who writes a lot of books like that, um, people would want to go back to their books or go find that stuff. Like, uh, pe- you know, just, you know, anybody who hasn't read Mark Lawrence, which isn't that many people, hopefully people who like Abercrombie, George R. R. Martin, Mike stuff, Rob's early stuff, um, would, um, would then go look at that, right? Simply because I've thrown it into that genre, so it is it is helpful. Um, we can discount it as much as we like, but um, just like just like uh, anything else, it's helpful, even even if it's bizarre and just covers so many things, like you know, urban fantasy. It's just that's everything from the steamiest PNR to you know, Jim Butcher, right? uh to I mean people call Harry Potter urban fantasies so how truly helpful is it it's hard to really hard to hard to say but um it gives it it gives people a ballpark I mean
3: yeah it it does but I think as a a genre label I've seen grimdark turn people off more than it seems to turn people on you do get a lot of people who will go out and search for grimdark but then i see a lot of people sort of saying you know when a book gets mentioned is it grimdark because i don't don't want to touch it because it seems to have this sort of connotation that if it's grimdark it's going to be ultra violent ultra bloody you know there's going to be all sorts of things like rape and um and and you know, subjects that might trigger people, and so it seems to be that it's just sort of collected anything that might be, you know, sort of like uh, that, that might trigger people, that might turn people off, gets collected into this idea of grimdark as a way mm-hmm. to actually turn people off books rather than on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, it I can work. It, both, it can work both ways, just like urban fantasy. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, "Oh, I don't read urban fantasy. I only read I epic fantasy. I don't I read, read urban, urban fantasy." fantasy. Yeah you know you just hear it yeah, all the time I don't Sorry, except except that both of you have read urban fantasy
3: i i have you not do. read urban fantasy i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> certainly no books called paternos on my bookshelf
1: <laughs> that's, yeah, I think the... e- that's epic urban fantasy but, oh, there you go. So, you're you're, in you're, for, you're forgiven <laughs>
3: Don't show, I think Don't show it. Don't show it, Fletcher. That's the old cover. He won't like you for
1: it. <laughs> oh oh god! The, uh, old version of Peternus,
3: which has a very I
0: different still cover love that
1: cover. It doesn't it, portray not a bad cover. It doesn't portray the the, feeling of the story. Well enough. It certainly
3: doesn't portray the grim darkness. There's too much no. light.
2: The problem There's with the original cover lights. is that it doesn't have my name on it. Whereas uh, the, video, you know, the re-release
1: but... cover does, which makes it infinitely yeah. sexier. You know, actually I, I, I have You're gonna to admit re-release that, it without my name, that, aren't that, you? That I, I recent I recently changed that Mike. I'm sorry. Oh you for years betrayal. it had it had Mike. Well I ah, put this I put this ah, little wait, I put is that can you hear that? The sound I, of my little heart. The sound of betrayal. <laughs> oh put, Turn put, around. I think I think there's a knife in your back. I put this
2: things. <laughs> oh my god.
1: I, I put that little known author M.R. Carey on the front. I've never Who heard wrote, of them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you're
3: not big enough
2: too small I know Dirk's moved past us he's in the big league now he's he's the he's famous right. <laughs> left us behind A welcome to the Dirk Ashton
3: podcast what are we talking about
0: uh we're talking about grim dark fantasy and nothing is more grim <laughs> or dark than getting stabbed in the back by your author friends but before we continue on with this Just want to pause quickly to talk about our Patreon. Um, If you're not already aware, we now have a Patreon where for a couple of dollars a month, you can support this show and you can also get access to some really cool bonuses like ad-free versions of the show, um, free advanced reader copies of our books, shout outs at the start of episodes, editorial feedback, whole bunch of other stuff like that. Uh, So if you want to check out our Patreon and support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash wizards, warriors, words, all as one word. And the link to that will also be in our show notes as well. Um, The show is not like going to go behind a paywall or anything. It's still totally free. But if you do want to help support the show and get access to some sweet, cool bonuses, that link will let you do that.
3: Um, So yeah, back to- has production costs and he needs to cover
0: them. Pretty much. Although my editor is very cheap. He is a very nice guy. But um, yeah, that would go a long way towards helping us with the show. Because we've done this for almost half a year, I think. Um, Really? Yeah, I think so. Seriously,
2: it seems so much longer. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Feels like a lifetime to you. Yeah, you probably had yeah. hair when we started, Mike. And now it's... Uh...
2: What? I, I, have, or... hair well,
0: nah. I um, have hair again. Well, I kind of have hair again.
2: Some of Depends it came back. Where you're it from. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Fuck. Grimdark. Um, I think the point we're <laughs> touching on here is that, like, with all Aging genre is labels... <laughs> it's the genre Grimdark. When you can, like, grimdark. do a
2: comb over with your eyebrows and your nose hair and you're growing back hair and you're all good. You're like, <laughs> nothing's grimmer or darker. <laughs> Fuck off. that is very true that is very true. it's true i
3: mean if you're going to describe nose hair then that's pretty grim hmm.
0: and mike does love describing like lots of weird bodily functions and stuff in his books which are classified that's as grim i did dark, it so. once
2: once one book totally typecast you are the snot king i am the snot king one book once damn it <laughs> once was enough once was too much
0: but anyway i think the key point that we're touching on here with grimdark stuff is that yes it's a totally arbitrary label that we probably don't think about that much in the writing side of things but where i do think it is useful and what we have mentioned is when it comes to the marketing side of things because like with all genre descriptions none of us probably really set out with a specific genre in mind a lot of the time right like dirk you know people describe your book as urban fantasy other people say it's epic fantasy other people say it's grimdark. whatever like you just sort of write the book that you want to write and then to some extent, you know, defining the genre is almost this activity that comes after the initial inspiration. And I think what we're mentioning is like, it's, yeah, it's useful to the extent that you can use it to sort of figure out who to appeal to when you're trying to do your marketing and everything like that. But um, I also think it is useful as well, like just sort of when it comes to the overall tone of your book and everything. Um, And yeah, like knowing that you're sort of perhaps like, you may not start off with a book that you want to become a grimdark book, but then it sort of like evolves to become that throughout the writing process. I think that's certainly something I've noticed where I've like haven't intentionally set out to write a grimdark book or anything, but then it sort of necessitates that you go there because you're like, oh, well, I sort of have to show this level of violence or this thing that's happening to the character. Otherwise it it feels like it's a bit of a cop out and stuff. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering like, what do you find the most appealing about the sort of, Having like all those caveats about the fact that the genre doesn't doesn't really exist, what do you find most appealing about this non-existent genre?
1: I um I like to be challenged when I when I read, and um you know, and I also I'm a firm believer that everyone needs to, you know, be offended, at you know on a regular basis, um, in order to you know really kind of define yourself and. Uh, constantly trying to redefine or define myself, I guess. So, I mean, um, some just vicious or terrible situations, um, make me think they wake me up. Um, if, if everything is just kind of happy, happy all the way through, um, I love that too. But, um, I, uh, if I, I do enjoy, um some gritty stuff and that includes you know movies books um and uh and and it's you know it's it's different from most of the fantasy i grew up reading so i i i enjoy it and i well you know there are different types of enjoyment right you know you know uh roller coasters are fun but is are they really fun you know, they scare the shit out of you, and that's why we like them. You know, uh, so I think that's what draws a lot of people. It's not because it's not because they're dark, terrible people, and want to f- read more of how they believe the world is, and, and you know, just soak, soak, you know, in that stuff, steep in it. Um, the majority of readers of Grimdark, that's that's not the reason. I don't think. Yeah, It's There's sort of a, like
0: exposing you to fear so that then you you like yeah, have I, the experience of yeah, going through those terrors, but you kind of know that it's like maybe not necessarily going to be all right at the end, but it's like not the same thing as in real life, but it sort of does prepare you for if that was to come up in real life.
2: Yeah, it's a chance to, any Dirk's right, like challenge people. Uh, so I don't, I never set out to write Grimdark, um, but I do, I don't want my books to be safe. I think safe is boring. Um, I would like at least once per book to manage to sort of like jolt a reader out of their sort of comfort zone. Uh, Hopefully more on like a philosophical level rather than a, oh, that's disgusting kind of level because I don't really give a shit about shock value. I like, I don't write for that. I don't care about that. But I would, my goal, what I really want is at least once per book, more would be nice, but once per book, is to make a reader sort of stop and go, why do I believe that? Why do I feel like that? Like, why is, why is that wrong? And if I can show someone the other side and, uh, and twist something a little bit, then I feel like I've done my job. So as a uh, mm-hmm. Anna Smith spark said, like our, our job is not to be safe. Our job is to, to, you know, to show the dark side. Mm-hmm.
3: I think for me, the, the thing that I like about the, the genre as it is, uh, is the lack of plot armor that you tend to get in in more grimdark titles? I, th- I think a lot of the the more safe uh, fantasy you, you you read, you know the you know I mean you know the hero's not going to die. You tend to know that in grimdark as well. Let's be fair. If there's if there's one main point of view character, they're probably going to survive. But you 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 get a feel of who you know who is going to survive and who isn't. Whereas in in grimdark, you tend to have that sense of <clears throat> anyone can die at any moment mm-hmm. um, you know this this character you form an attachment to they are in peril at all times mm-hmm. um, Ned Stark <laughs> exactly and it, it just it provides an extra sort of level of tension within the book because you, you, can, you can literally fear for this character who you formed an attachment to mm-hmm. whereas I think a lot of fantasy you don't the well that's
1: I mean that's the later books have gone off into journeying around lord knows what the hell's really going on but I read Game of the first Game of Thrones book way before the the, the TV show ever came out and being an epic fantasy reader um, I was completely shocked had to put the book down and think what the fuck mm. when Ned Stark what had his head chopped off at, yep. at at the end of book one and i was like Being with the red um, wedding for
3: me um, both those times
1: well yeah it's just well so it, and after well after that first one then it was what you were talking about i feared for all the other characters that that i liked right and i knew that uh even characters that i like to dislike or dislike to like you know i just know knew that any of them could go at at any time so that's what kept me going through through a lot of it part of what kept me going through a lot of it yeah through all those
3: feast scenes (laughs) yeah yeah
1: i
0: think what you're touching on here is certainly what appears to me about the genre as well is like when you prove to readers that you're committed to like showing the full depths of the human psyche whether that is you know the acts of violence that humans can commit or like on the opposite spectrum like acts of kindness they can do as well but more towards that like darker side of it which is what grimdark really revels in is like it proves to readers that yeah the stakes are actually genuinely high in this and with the higher stakes of knowing that any of your favorite characters could have horrible things done to them not just death but like you know tons of other things which are way worse like Them being forced to betray people they really care about or changing something really deeply embedded about their personality that like just makes me as a reader, and probably the same for you guys as well, be so much more emotionally involved in the story because you're like aware of that it could really go in any direction and it's not just corralled into this sort of like safe, you know, lane that probably more traditional like epic fantasy stories are in. So, yeah, I definitely to that it
1: gives it it gives um it gives the opportunity for characters to change in a much greater way Mm. right either way from like truly reprehensible to not so much or um Good people just end up doing some truly horrible things. You know, it, it it's a wide range. Now, I I have to say that I have no problem with people who don't want to read that kind of thing, who really just want to escape and have fun and find joy in their reading. I don't have any problem with that at all. You know,
2: I mean, they should still buy my books, but then they should. Well, just yeah, not but read just don't.
1: Them. Yeah, just don't read, don't read it. Read them. Yeah, yeah, but buy them. Yeah, buy them, them. yeah absolutely
2: it'll have higher resale
0: value that way if you never open the pages. So look at it Absolutely. Keep them in
3: the uh, cellophane wrapping and
1: it's like
2: <laughs> I will never read this because it's terrible.
1: <laughs> I can't remember the last time I received a book that was in cellophane wrap. No, oh, I can't either.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, I <laughs> Actually, that's no, I can awesome. uh, I, I bought John Gwynne's uh, series, uh, Faithful Faith the Fallen. For some reason, uh, they mm-hmm. all four books came in like cellophane one cellophane wrapping
1: oh i do get them in cellophane if i buy a box set that has the slip cover
3: i didn't have a slip cover i just bought all four books as one yeah. i assumed i was going to like them
1: and i did yeah, they, yeah. yeah. well on yeah. that
0: grimdark note of uh disposable plastic packaging being used unnecessarily uh perhaps we
1: should
0: <laughs> perhaps we should uh wrap up this episode so that we can squeeze in another one oh, i see what you did there
3: i oh, see my... what you did there. That was, that was good i liked it
0: thank you thank you appreciate it rob um Thank you so much for listening. also let us know like what you as a reader enjoy about the grimdark genre. If you happen to like it, or if you don't like it- Or if you have questions. Yeah, or if you have questions, send them in. Um, Hit us up on Twitter or email wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com and let us know because we love hearing your feedback. Um, That is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening or watching and we will see you next time. Bye everybody. Bye bye. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please go ahead and share it with two of your writing friends. It'll make you look smart and you can tell them there's a special message waiting for them at the end of this episode. And if you are the person who is listening to this episode because your friend told you about it, first of all, thanks to your friend. And second of all, here's your message. You have an awesome friend. You should reward them by perhaps making them a character in your next book and then killing them off in a gruesome death. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week.